Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. With more than 17 million packages delivered in 2020, delivery player DPD is on a roll. We talked to the head of DPD Ireland, Des Travers, about how digital commerce is the present and future of Irish business and how the company is focused on its sustainable future. Des Travers, um, Des, the last time we spoke, as you rightly point out, we we met in in Bank of Ireland's Bagot Plaza building in late 2019. And and at the time, you were getting ready for a very busy uh, Christmas uh, that year. And since then, I mean, it's hard to kind of really put it all down the, the kind of crazy year we've all had from a business perspective but but you guys have seen it on many fronts and principally from the point of view of what it means in terms of commerce and deliveries and you know if you didn't really kind of get what dpd is about by now just look outside your window on most days and you'll see dpd van come by your home or dropping someone to your house so t- tell me tell me about how you guys uh, i suppose reacted to the pandemic because i mean for all your planning and, and preparing for christmas and big sales seasons like Black Friday and, and all those kind of things. No one was ready for this. No, no, nobody was. And we weren't either. So, and MD tells you that we are, are telling you uh, that they were a visionary of a, a political, uh, a political <laughs> uh, version. I'm not quite sure. But, uh, look, at, for ourselves, we spent, when COVID was announced and the pandemic hit, we spent two weeks actually creating a crash plan for France. So we actually created a plan which said if we lost 25% of our business, we'd do this. If we lost 50% of our business, we'd do that. If we lost 75% of our business, we'd go and literally nearly to shut up shop uh, scenario. And and it was the biggest waste of two weeks of our lives. And I, if I'd known what was coming, I'd have gone and sat on a beach and uh, enjoyed a bit of sunshine before they closed down all the beaches and everything else because they were there. And four weeks after that, or thereabouts, we just saw the biggest surge in parcel deliveries that we'd ever seen in our lives and uh, that was for the whole of the summer last year and we got to a point where we actually fell behind in terms of delivery days our first time delivery promise uh, failed us and we were 95,000 parcels behind at one point Um, and we were ran about uh, there between there and 30,000 parcels for about six weeks before eventually we got on top of it and uh, and we managed to scale up and when I say scale up I'm talking about more than 500 extra vehicles on the road uh, we did things that we'd never ever believed in our lives that we would do we took Enterprise Rent-A-Car we took 30 of their employees 30 of their vans and we put them out delivering DPD parcels and we did three new depots in Dublin and we just worked and worked and worked morning, noon and night trying to get on top of the volume that's coming in and nobody really knew what, how to forecast. Nobody really knew how to give us uh, a real sense of what was going to go on. Everybody, the thing at that time anyway was that everybody thought, thought it was a three-month wonder or, you know, that we'd all be back to normal by September. And uh, and in reality then, as we all know, uh, what's happened since has been that, we're, that this is now normal and uh, we are no longer so. And we've just seen volumes rise and rise and rise for the best part of a year and a half now. And, and obviously the biggest transformation across the landscape was businesses themselves. If they weren't already selling online, they had to grapple very quickly with it. What was what was your observation on how, how, I mean, how the economy kept its lights open? I mean, obviously there are parts of the economy that require in-person experiences. Um, but for many businesses, if they had a product that could ship, 
they all have they all have moved on to that channel if they haven't already. Ireland was coming from a low base, as I recall, and I think even at the start of the year, less than twenty five percent of Irish websites even had an e-commerce capability. What's your own observation on how the, the landscape transformed? It, it was interesting because quite a lot had a website, but they didn't have the ability to sell anything on the website. So the website was an information site, not a not a purchasing and and, uh, and, and get product out, do you? And look, some of the websites that the Irish companies have built have been absolutely phenomenal and, and, and fabulous. And probably that we now have some of the best. Mars Pharmacy is an example. It would be a great... Uh, view to a company that had nothing and now all of a sudden has everything online that you could ever wish for. Some of the bigger companies really struggle because of the size and scope of their products and the the areas that they had to actually try and get online as quick as they could. And then others then just don't have the distribution capability in-house to be able to actually pick and pack and process the orders. So, so, so really the Irish uh, shippers, they had a combination of some were very, very good at it, were able to switch on very quickly. Others have had to learn and gone through a lot of pain to learn that process uh, and get themselves in a place where they can actually do it. But most of them by now have uh, absolutely got themselves into gear and uh, got themselves moving. And as I say for ourselves, then all that's meant really is just more and more parcels. And like that, that's the thing. I mean, what did you guys have to do physically in terms of your scale, being able to, I suppose, look at, uh, you know, from, from the shape of what DPD looked like in March 2020 to the shape of DPD in, say, December, January into January 21? Well, look, it's, the business is twice the size for starters. So to give you an idea, to put it into perspective, last year we hired 800 drivers for peak and most of those drivers have stayed with us. Uh, some have left us for sure. But I would say that certainly in the north of 600 are still with us and still uh, driving every day. And one of the things about our business now is that we are now we are now uh, got the capability to deliver large volume of parcels. So so in the depots, you know what we really I think one of the things most proud of last year wasn't just the fact that we get out of the pandemic and we get through and we got every day every parcel delivered the way we should have. It was that we expanded six or seven sites, key sites for us. And we took some big long leases on some big premises, which has enabled us to scale up and be able to get more and more people out in vans and out delivering for us. And and that wasn't just in Dublin. The biggest site we've got now is in Cork and we've got 80,000 square foot in Little Island. And uh, it's a massive wow. site now, 100 and odd vans, 105 vans today, I think it was. And that'll give you an idea of the size of the business now. So, now, that also brings other challenges in that you've got to internally scale up as well because mm. your IT division needs to be able to deal with that sort of volume. Your HR department has to be able to deal with that type of recruitment and all those type of things. So there's so many challenges that we just absolutely smashed in the last 12 months. This next 12 months will be equally as challenging because we've now uh, the base. You know, I think one of the things I can tell you, Brian, that's fairly safe is that the marketplace hasn't changed and people said when will COVID volumes stop well COVID volumes haven't stopped COVID volumes have just kept coming and coming Mm. stronger and stronger all the time so for our business now it's a base level of on a normal day about 150,000 parcels in the south about 70,000 parcels in the north so about 220,000 and I think when I was last talking to you I think our biggest night was 146,000 
So that'll wow. give you an idea of the size. And and like this is the thing. I mean, what we saw there in in Ireland also in the late part of 20, 2020 was the the sheer amount of people were pushing for Irish companies to sell online and urging Irish people to buy off other Irish people or Irish companies online, kind of shop local, sustain jobs. In the end, still a huge amount went overseas, of course. Um, but at the same time, it, the message was clear. If you weren't online and trading as a business, you were just basically cut off from a very important revenue stream. 2021 doesn't look that different to me from a lot for a lot of reasons. Yeah, later in the year, we may have a huge portion of the population vaccinated. You might have people back in shops. You will have people back in shops if that is the case, but you'll still have people buying online. What's your message to Irish businesses that either haven't taken the plunge to, to go online or are the ones that are trading online, I suppose, what are really the core, core things you would love for them to learn and improve on? Well, I think there's uh, a couple of things. First of all, if you haven't gone online, then you must have a very good reason why you don't want to put your business online because it stared you in the face for 12 months that that's where all the opportunities are and that's where the revenue is. So, uh, so for whatever good reason, and I'm sure there are some good reasons that you haven't done it already, then I doubt very much that you're going to be enticed after this to do it. So so for them, I would just say to them, you know, you obviously uh, can live through the pandemic and you can live through having stock in your shop and sitting there with your doors closed. But for us, it, it really is, it was a big opportunity to move that stock and get it delivered and have it uh, off your books and certainly uh, improve your P&L. For the ones that are gone online, then it's, a, to me anyway, it's about having a range and the ability to have your supply chain in such good shape that you can afford that you can deliver anything to anybody um, as quickly as possible. And I, I don't mean that, that there's a big surge now uh, to move away from next day into same day. And there's certain products that that suits like food, but there are other products that it doesn't suit at all really in uh, there. So you've got to pick your market, pick your niche, and then go after it and then make sure you're as good as any. Practice changed a little bit the landscape as well for the UK parcels coming in, but very, very soon, uh, all the carriers are, are getting very, very clever now on the Brexit side of things. We didn't start off very well, but all the carriers now are getting, uh, getting to grips with that. And the choice now for... Uh, anything that's coming to the UK is that you're willing to pay the VAT and duty, but if you're getting a particular brand or you're getting a particular fashion item that you want, then you'll be willing to pay that for it. And and the interesting thing you guys has also managed to do, you managed to ex- in, expand, increase headcount, uh, increase the actual deliveries, but you also innovated. And one of the interesting things was you put about 25 electric vehicles onto the road and you plan to have about 160 electric vehicles on the roads by 2025. Tell us about that. And also, I saw e-bikes in there too, as one of the one of the ways to do it. So, any way is possible. We're owned by La Poste, the French post office, and we've been given their fabulous owner. Um, and they leave us their own devices for 99% of the whole time. But one of the things is that our owner has declared that he wants all his businesses to be the most sustainable delivery company, and in our case, in Ireland, in France, it's in, Fr- it's in French. So wherever it is, he wants us to move. And look, you know, people talk about this as if it's a choice. This is no longer a choice for us. You know, there won't be in 2025, as an example, we'll have far more than 125 vans. A majority of our vans will be there. And the only reason that they're not there today is because that the technology isn't able to support the routes that we have. So you can only do a certain amount of mileage on the electric. The charging points facilities are not good enough. 
uh, and quick enough at the moment to be able to enable us to go bigger and faster. But we will go bigger and faster. And and I'm not, you know, this is, should be no secret to anybody. But in the future, then the only way to deliver uh, a parcel will be on electric, um, in some form or fashion. And what do you think of? You're seeing uh, new modes. People talk about drones, for example. I think uh, Manuero, for example, are talking about delivering fast food. Do you think we'll ever see DPD delivery drones on our on, in our skies or on our roads? Uh, in actual fact, uh, we we probably have some dro- uh, some parcels delivered by DPD and drones in Westmeath in the next month as a trial. Wow. So we're, start, we're starting a trial in the next month with a drone company to look and see uh, exactly what we can and do with drones. So, and we've been in contact with them for over a year, and basically, look, we're, we're we're always looking to innovate. I give you another one that we did. We did the bikes in Drogheda over the Christmas period, right? Where we took a bus and we we bought a bus and we put a bus out in the road and we put ten bikes and basically took out a thousand deliveries a day, and they stopped the bus in one area and the ten bikes went out for half an hour, did twenty deliveries, came back again, then we moved the bus again, then we did another twenty deliveries and we did it for. Uh, the whole day, and we did that for the whole well six or eight weeks. We did it um, across uh, Andromeda and in Bettystown, and again we went through that whole concept of trying to see exactly how that worked, and it worked very fine when it was a dry day, but it didn't work too well when it was a wet day because <laughs> bike riders got absolutely soaked, and uh, and we had to uh, basically reclose them and all that sort of stuff. So, but again, it's no difference in terms of the innovation about what we're trying to do. We are trying to find the most uh, carbon-friendly way right, of doing deliveries and we will continue to strive until such times as we're, uh, we're already carbon uh, neutral anyway because we offset our carbon but that's really a bit of cheating really that's just uh, putting a few pounds into it rather than trying to actually reduce your carbon which is a different challenge altogether. But that's the interesting thing. You guys also started an eco fund to bring communities closer together during the pandemic. Uh, it's been funded by the sale of waste material from the, your own central hub in Athlone. Tell us about that. Well, look, it was again just another initiative we had. We, we look one of my big challenges I've set my own team on the sustainability is that I want to find a recyclable packaging for something that's completely bio combustible and that uh, can be used multiple times. And unfortunately, and if anybody's listened to this podcast right and can actually come up with that at a reasonable rate, there are uh, some suppliers that are prepared to do it, but the cost of it is just prohibitive to there. But if we get to that point, then that'll be one of the best things everyone in the parcel business can adopt right where we can get to reusable packaging and reusable um, bags and reusable cartons now mm. in our case in the hub at night time when we finish the hub at two o'clock in the morning uh, we end up with just and i mean it's an amazing amount of cardboard right that we end, end up with right and we recycle it and we've always recycled it and what we've done is that instead of us taking uh, any financial gain from the recycling, then we give the money back into the community and mm. we use it for community projects. And and uh, a lot of the local communities in Athlone were trying to support with this um, and also some of the charities. So there's a mixture of different people get uh, a reward out of it. 
Very good. And I suppose just to finally, I mean, the first time we met, we talked about your career in, in, in the delivery space in Ireland and all the changes you went through and all the, the changes you'd seen and, and suddenly then the e-commerce side of things, accelerating things. But no one saw COVID coming. How, how would you look back on this year and I suppose the coming year, I suppose looking forward to the coming year, but this particular period in your career, the actual, would you consider it a career highlight or kind of like a complete, like what the hell? <laughs> It's certainly the most challenging year we've ever had. Yeah. And and it certainly tells you a lot about your people. And then, you know, because we not only just did we have the actual getting the deliveries out, but we also had the COVID regulations and all the other things that we had to do. To Our hub, as an example, is an essential part of our operation. And uh, I can tell you, I'm very proud of the fact that we've had very, very few cases of COVID and any COVID cases we have 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 been family members that brought it into us. So. And we went to extraordinary lengths to try and make sure that we kept the, cub, the hub. You know, I'll give you a ex- perfect example of this. 85% of all the people that work days are in the ho- are working from home now. We don't allow them on site. Right? And only the people that are allowed on site are the people that must handle parcels at nighttime to move them. And then the people in the daytime that are there have to, you know, you can have one person in an office, all the social distance and you name it, all the things that you had to do. So when you couple that with a 95,000 parcels backlog, then you couple a whole lot of challenges. You are trying to find balance between getting those parcels out and keeping all your people safe. And I think it's the thing we should be most proud of this year is that we managed to do both. And how do you keep people on side in, in times of trauma like this, but also times of innovation? So on one hand, you guys are dealing with a massive challenge, logistical challenge. Uh, and also then at the same time, you're introducing new technologies. You know, how do you, how do you inspire? How do you lead people in a time of incredible technological change, but also trauma like COVID and, you know, you know, also dealing with where you're saying, OK, to people, you know, you know, one hand, we're, we're, we're dealing with a huge workload here. But at the same time, we're trialing new things, e-bikes, e-electric vehicles, drones. You know, people will say, always ask, will a machine ever take my job? How, how do you keep people on side in those times? Yeah, look, I think that the thing is, that the challenges for me, for people are no different for last year than they were in 2017 or 18. If you treat your people well and you, you have a great ethos for your people, you're open, honest, you're transparent in what you're doing and they realise you're doing it for the right reasons. I mean, I, I do extraordinary things for my people throughout the year, right, to make sure that they know I value them and that they know, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's COVID or technology or anything else. If, you, if I walk into a depot everybody knows me by my first name Des I don't know all their first names because I can't remember them all right but they all know I'm with them right and as long as you're with people and you have them on your side then the actual challenges that come after that they see as their challenge and they basically rise to it and, and we had some really fabulous examples throughout the year of that and then what we do is we celebrate those examples so you don't let them just pass they don't just walk in one day and then it, you know and they, they do, if they do something extraordinary right we find a way of uh, and it can be a small thing I'll give you an example I've got a CEO award right which is a card basically I write personally to the person that's done something extraordinary and I give them a mug, right? So it's not even anything to really treasure, right? But it just says you've been amazing on the mug, right? So it's not anything that's, uh, you know, it's not costing me a huge amount of money. And what it is is that they know that I've taken the time and the effort to write to them, right? And give them and send this little token, which, uh, as I say, you know, it's, it's nothing to write home about, but it still means a lot to them when they get it because they know that I 
first of all, I knew what they did, and second of all, I recognised what they did. And uh, looking ahead to the year ahead, I mean, how, how how confident are you, or how 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 do you feel about the kind of year we're ahead? No, nobody knows because again, if you talked to someone last year, no one would have knew what was ahead of them in March, beginning of March, twenty twenty. But at the beginning of March twenty twenty one, early March twenty twenty one, we're looking at a year where there's potential with vaccines. We're looking at a year where the vast majority of consumers now shop online and also a year where you guys have have have, have uh, scaled up significantly to, to meet that challenge what, what what does the year look like from 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 your end fabulous <laughs> the word i'd use i'm going to have record revenues i'm going to have record profits i'm going to record number of people in employment i'll have nobody in furlough I need to keep my hub moving. I'm now at capacity in my hub. That's my next big challenge because my hub's at capacity, right? And I'm going to do record numbers and our business is in fabulous shape. So as I say, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to this year even more than any other year. If you were just looking at a straight P&L viewpoint of it, by God, you'd be, uh, you, your smile would be running across from one year to the other year. But uh, but yeah, we've got some big challenges, but I like big challenges and uh, and we're in great shape. Well, Des, thank you so much. That's great. And it's great to see you. You're, you're looking forward to another interesting year. And uh, again, thanks for your time. <laughs>